Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fake Nerds Watch for Monarch Legacy of Monsters. I'm Brandon T. McClure. Joined with me on this uh, monster-chasing journey is Ben Magnet. It's a scree-onkling good time. Mm. Ben Sparks, buddy. <laughs> like we just did. We just did, yep. Ben. Yes, uh, what? Are we... Uh, yeah, I'm here to ask, are we really chasing the monsters, or are we just looking for our dads? And uh, Ryan Eliopoulos. I'm here to have a titan of a talk about a pretty cool show. Uh, we're going to be talking about Monarch episodes five and six, titled The Way Out, uh, directed by uh, Merzi Almas, written by Amanda Overton, and Terrifying Miracles, uh, once again directed by uh, Merzi Almas, but this time written by Carl Taro Gren Greenfeld. Nice. Uh, so full spoilers for these uh, latest two episodes, uh, if you're joining us, so you should know by now. Um, cool. So what do we think about this? these two episodes, episode five and episode six? I love I, them. <laughs> I will say I really enjoy them. I think I like episode six a little bit more, mm -hmm. but that's not to say episode five is bad. I do it, have a preference, but... Is it because Godzilla's in one of them, maybe? Actually, no. It's because we get more stuff with the past. Actually, I'm I know. I know. I know what piece. it is. I know what it is. Ben, you can say it. It's because there's a queer couple in episode five. We get it. We get it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I quite like these two episodes. Uh, again, it feels like you know, like this is the middle chunk of the show where it's potentially like the most quote unquote boring or like the least amount happening because they feel like maybe you have to stretch it. But even so, like I'm still enraptured in these characters. We learn more about the characters. We learn maybe the characters that we thought were good aren't so good. Come on, Kate, what are you doing here? Uh, know, and then that's right? <laughs> stuff. So, you know, I'm happy. I'm still, still rolling along with the show. Still having a great time. Loving it. What, what actually kind of <clears throat> go ahead, you have something. No, I that I could we could put a pin in what I'm about to say because that has to do with later on in the episode. So get your thoughts out, Sparks. Uh, in in a general sense, what I will say about five and six is that I do not feel bored. Yeah, I do not feel like we're wasting time or anything. Um, I really hope there's a season two, only because not because I don't think they're, I I don't think like oh they're gonna have to rush the story or something. It's just that the world feels so rich. Mm -hmm. I'm glad we're spending this much time in it. And I'm like, I can definitely see a satisfying end to the story in this season where I wouldn't necessarily have to have more. Yeah. But that they have already created enough stuff around it where I'm like, but I want more. I want to see yeah. more. And, and the thing is, like, you know, like the MCU, like every new installment is like the next chapter. And like, so like, but this one, like we've seen the next three movies. So like, like, even if this is nice and wrapped up, we do have more of the universe, like in the future. So like, I fully think we'll get a season two, like all accounts online without them uh, saying it is, seems like it's probably going to happen. So like, uh, I think, man, I'm just having a great time. I'm happy to be here. Um, one of the things that I struggle with when it comes to these, um, newer prestige shows, the, 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 Disney Plus, Marvel, Star Wars shows, the 
really it's mostly them um but like it's not they're only they're they're the only example i have in my head but they're not the only culprits of this i don't want to just lay the blame solely on them there is a problem in the prestige television where a lot of the time they set up they do a lot of building a lot of build up a lot of build up and then they wait until the last last episode or last two episodes to reveal to to like to like um do the reveal of the build up to to and, and it creates this kind of like unsatisfying narrative because you're like well what is what was the point of that journey and so like star trek discovery that's the other one that's the other one star trek discovery um i think star trek discovery is perfectly fine show um i'm so glad i can harp on a different show that's not a marvel show guys um the star trek discovery um had this problem where it felt like it needed to be less episodes it needed to be it because it was spinning its wheels for a while we had set up this idea and then we did, did some mystery solving and then we stalled the plot for two episodes and then we did a reveal dump and you're like well i feel kind of unsatisfied for that i would I, recommend many hbo shows that are prestige well, this, and fantastic well this is don't the, have the problem. this is the thing i think is that uh, to brandon's point like a lot of the streaming era disney plus all of these things have been trying to emulate what hbo was doing successfully but hbo because of the network streaming thing that they sorry network um uh, chain that they have yeah, the yeah. way that they know things is that they knew well in advance if uh if they had a quality season if that season was gonna be kaput yeah yeah once they were past the first one it also helps that they're tv people making tv shows instead of movie people making tv shows yes that's true that's true too but i do think like you know the streaming model trying to replicate that but not having the same chain of command not having the same communication that's yeah, movie yeah. people being involved but it's also it's also the pattern of release, the pattern of, of marketing and the pattern of audience retention and response yeah, yeah. Uh, feeds into the cycle of like, to, to Brandon's point, I think the streaming, a lot of the streaming models that have been chasing the HBO prestige, not all obviously, but a lot of what Brandon's talking about that I think it's accurate of is they hold back that reveal for like a punch at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And HBO shows will give you strong things that are that are feel like big big moments throughout. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's not something where they hold back their best punch. And a lot of the streaming shows feel like they'll hold back their best punch. Why are they so scared? And it's like the one thing that they have really going for it. It's a bad model. Right, that's, that's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. And it's a model we've talked about on the show frequently. And and we can and you can you can say, Ryan, that I need to watch more more HBO shows. Sure. I've watched a ton. I've watched a ton of streaming shows. I watched a lot of prestige television in general. And it is prevailing, it is a prevailing problem. That is a recent problem. It has not been a prevailing problem for, for the entirety of prestige television's life because there are, yeah. there are incredible prestige television shows. This was a recent problem that hit when all these streaming services, Paramount+, Plus, Disney+, Plus, HBO Max, HBO Max doesn't count. That's just the, the uh, when all these streaming services no, no, started no. dumping all no, these no. things. HBO Max does. There is a difference between streaming Max HBO shows and HBO shows that go to Max. There sure, is a difference point. in how they structure their seasons and their quality. I'm watching Gilded Age right now, which is an HBO show that oh, yeah. airs on HBO Max, and it's an incredible show. And it it very much, very much in the way that I'm trying to get at is that these streaming shows lost what network did really well, what HBO did really well, uh, which is that every episode delivers a punch, delivers more information or delivers more story or delivers more character that you're invested in. So you keep getting... Um, you know, the, I talk about it all the time with Star Trek Discovery, going back to that, 
you have to, if you're doing a streaming show, that is a mystery. You have to piecemeal information to our, to the audience to keep them invested. You can't withhold information throughout the entire run of the show and then info dump everything. And so yep. what I really appreciated, what I really appreciate about Monarch, to get to the point of what we're here for to talk about, what I really appreciate about Monarch is that I feel very satisfied at the end of every episode. I feel like every episode we're getting enough plot that it allows me to be engaged in this mystery of where this of where this dad is of what monarch is doing and where these characters are going and that feels really great and really refreshing in a way that it's unfortunate that it should um yeah. but i really but that was one of the reasons like you can tell me that episode five is is weaker because it doesn't have the past or episode six is stronger because whatever i got a lot of information in episode five and i got a lot of information in episode six i am not bored no matter when i'm watching the show yeah it's really i'm not great. either i'm just simply saying like the middle portion of a show is generally when the stretching happens yeah and it's not that's my point yes. was. yeah no what i wasn't saying that sorry i was on a completely different i totally forgot that you even said that I it's okay um but yeah you're absolutely right and normally yeah like star trek discovery we would be in a point where it's like Okay, well now you're spinning your wheels. Now you're yeah. just waiting for the for the for the show to pick up because you got too many episodes or you got too little episodes or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I don't feel that way about the show at all. And I think it does help having one TV people involved and having comic book writers involved because this is a a it's it's much honestly more of like a drama than a genre show, but it is a genre show. We got giant yeah. monsters in it. So like you know Matt Fraction and Chris, I think it's Chris Blackman. I forgot the other the other Chris showrunner. Black. Um, uh like they're they're doing really great work like making this all work and again a show where i think people if you're not on board now like i don't think you're ever going to be on board because like oh i need more monsters i'm like y'all this is not the show for you then like we are here for like actual character development and it's really it's really lovely like it's so good the titan moments are all the better by being used sparingly and with impact yeah, absolutely um, oh, yeah. yeah yeah uh to the point of just like that feeling of like oh is it dragging itself too much like I didn't think we were going to see Hiroshi like this early, uh, this early. Yeah. Granted, like we didn't have the, the real reunion moment, but we saw him. We got confirmation he's alive. That's a huge. Yeah, I didn't think we were going to get that at this moment. That felt like a finale thing, honestly. But like, yeah, that's we got a, a lot more story. That's a to me, that's like a huge step forward in the show. In the show, it's like, yeah, here's confirmation. Hiroshi's alive. And but what is he doing? That's why. What I was talking to my room, I told my roommate about how good this show is after I was done with episode five. Is that for a show that doesn't have a lot of Godzilla in it, this is a fantastic show. And then I got to think, it's like, no, this is what the <clears throat> the main Godzilla films need to do: make me care about the human characters. That's been our biggest problem with the the legendary films, especially with King of the Monsters and Godzilla v Kong. Mm-hmm. Whereas we don't really give a crap about the the human actors. That's my biggest plus for minus one because I care about the human actors. I care about the human characters. And this one, <clears throat> we get to see more into their lives. Like last up was say episode four, we got into more of what makes you know Keitaro tick and like what why he's doing this and his like little backstory. And like, cool, we get to it's like, oh, so he was an artist and then he became a uh, a business guy. And now see, because we knew Kate was a school teacher, but now we get to see even more. And the point I wanted to bring up earlier is that I love how like for four episodes, we thought Kate as like the golden child, this good girl who, you know, who's dealing with the trauma of G-Day. Turns out she's not so good. She's and I'm like, like oh, she's flawed. I'm like, holy crap, she's flawed. There's development here. And it's like, but what happened to her? Whole, 
it creates this whole idea of like Kate and you know Kate has been kind of like uh she has herself on this high horse because of G Day yeah. and losing her dad and discovering that she she is kind of like my dad had a second family or or I was a second family like she's kind of been like I'm burdened by this but like now there's a lot more layers to Kate of like <laughs> player kate um uh there's a lot more layers to her because she's she was she probably shouldn't be putting herself that high she's kind of hypocritical in that sense and she's yeah. um and while she is dealing with a lot of trauma there was a lot of unresolved trauma that she was dealing with before g-day yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh uh i really i really like episode five yeah it's five sorry we're doing five and six uh uh yeah the, the, uh, talking about those layers like she she is like wow my dad what a phony having a second family let me go cheat on my girlfriend real quick i'm like homie you don't even know about the dad stuff before you were being a bad person now it's just like it's so nice that like we get this in the middle of the show instead of like a big reveal well, later again well, like yeah. in that and I thought, more, oh. adds, oh sorry man uh it just real no. quick it, it mm-hmm. adds all the more to the uh the stink of like why she when she finds out about her dad that is now the reflection of something she hates about herself. Very yeah. true. Yeah. And I was thinking like when, because unfortunately it was spoiled for me on Twitter that Kate was a lesbian. I was like, okay, cool. Good for her. Um, and then like the whole, when, while I'm watching episodes, like maybe another big thing of G days after she lost her kids, she finds out her girlfriend died in the attack. And when Godzilla was fighting Mudo, which even adds another layer on this cake of horrible trauma, but no, she literally leaves her and like her i'm assuming her principal or the vice principal of the school is like i can take care of this bus so you can be with her and she says we don't know whether or not she died during g-day right exactly that confirmation which i think is interesting no i was yeah i was leading up to that point because we still don't know and i love that well oh what we do know is that she was cheating on her girlfriend right when she gave her a key to her house or her apartment or whatever and then the day godzilla attacked instead of going to help her or to be with her she decides no i'm gonna go i'm gonna essentially run away on the bus yeah it would not surprise me it would not surprise me if we learned that that like when when godzilla (laughs) makes the initial break of the bridge uh the bus in front of Kate's bus was her girlfriend's bus. And so that one's mm. already gone. Like the moment that break happens, that wouldn't shock me. Or she would, or, or maybe, or maybe she's in the heroic bus. Oh yeah. The one, sure. but the one where that bus driver's like, I'm getting the hell out of here. No, I don't <laughs> think so. Cause those came from different locations. And it's, it it's a cute idea, but like they're, they're, they're functionally doing different. Talking things. about We've already retconned plenty of this movie already. Talk about a cute idea. G day minus one. It's oh, yeah, yeah, come yeah. On. Oh, come on. Same week cute. I saw that movie. Give the me moment, a break. The moment G day minus two popped up, I was like, son of a bitch. For <laughs> um, a second, I was like, what does it mean, minus one? I was like, oh, it's leading up to G day. I have a, I have a very, um, hmm, do I want to say this? It's too late. I have a very complicated relationship with cheating. Um, and one of the things I really like is when it's, incorporated in, in, in shows in a nuanced way and so what i really appreciate of uh kate's storyline within this within this uh show is that she there's some there's part of her that self-destructive that she hates and she and we see that in in the moment when it's revealed that that she was sleeping with another woman and there's and there's a lot of like unspoken um uh 
emotion happening in the moment between uh, her and her girlfriend uh, at, at the bus at the bus uh, evacuation, and I really uh, like that because it doesn't say one way or another of does the girlfriend know was did they break up are they still together when this happens like what is what's the like what what is the self-destructive path that kate went on to find herself in another in another person's bed and i really appreciate that there is that kind of nuance there there is that kind of like ambiguity to the story um and it creates such a really interesting uh journey for kate to be on learning as spark said that her father did very much the same thing and then learning that the stuff that she hates about herself might have been inherited uh, from her father. Um, and I think that's uh, a really interesting place to take this protagonist. And it's done with such subtlety and nuance that I just really appreciate. It's not over the head. It's uh, very well written. Um, I just, I, I just applaud uh, them for, for doing this with such a deft hand. Is yeah. there is is the read that you think they're not together still, even though like they kiss and stuff, and she's trying to move in with her? At, and G Day minus two is when we see them kiss. Yeah. G Day minus one is when she has a look. There's an interesting there's an interesting look that happens that could be read either way, which I think is interesting. Um, in G Day minus G Day minus two, they have the sweet lovey moment of oh, I'm here. Uh, Oh, we're walking to school together. Here's the key to my apartment. The girlfriend wants uh, wants Kate to move in with her. And G day minus one is when she wakes up in the other in the other woman's apartment, and we see, um, or or the other woman's bed or Kate's bed. We don't know. Um, or and then we see, um, uh, there's a look that the girlfriend gives her of like, there's unresolved issues. That we need to talk about that weren't there G day minus two. So something happened between we, when we saw them uh, between the two moments that we see them and whether or not that's them, they had broken up, they got in a big fight, they got whatever it's, there is something there that's unresolved, which creates a lot more trauma for Kate uh, during the G day attack, which I think is really yeah. interesting. That's, that's an interesting interpretation that I don't have. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I, I think it, it is somewhat ambiguous enough, but like, I think the look is like, why, why don't you just want to stay with me? I think, right. I, uh, I think the, I, uh, I think that the pushing of the apartment key is like a reaction from her of feeling Kate pulling away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so trying to keep her close, and so the decision to not go on the bus is the thing that triggers the girlfriend to say it that way yeah. and criticize her for being the person that she is. Um, and yeah, I do think that leaves open all that trauma and stuff, but, but I don't know that necessarily something like a, a rift actively occurred between those two days. And I'm not saying that there, that there is, I'm just saying that there's a, there, there's a lot left open, a lot of ambiguity there of saying that she, whether it's a rift, whether it's a fight, whether it's a breakup, whether it's nothing at all, there is something that the girlfriend knows instinctively is yep. left unsaid by Kate. Kate and she and she have unsaid something, and sure. that that I believe is within this scene, um, mm. and I think, and I just really applaud it, applaud the scene for taking that story in such a nuanced angle. Sure, um, it's something that I don't see often, um, and it's something that I appreciated. 
I mean, we just watched the Christmas movie where there's literally no nuance at all with with the cheating scene. So, like, absolutely. Um, right. uh, I still think Kate's not a great person for doing that, whether it's nuanced or not. <clears throat> like, we, I think the TV show is implying that Kate is whether they're on whether they're on good terms or bad. Like, there is a clear like connection between them, and Kate is breaking that connection by being with someone else, and someone else is bad. Uh, uh, I just think that is that is a a positive because it is adding more nuance to a character that otherwise like she's we thought she was like just all kind of good two shoes so like it's just adding more more uh flakes to the fire i think more than that mm -hmm. also it, it makes her trauma more interesting because it's not just godzilla on the bridge yeah <clears throat> it's the fact that for all intents and purposes we believe that that is the moment her her girlfriend died or uh, even if she is living it is the moment her girlfriend decided to fully reject her mm -hmm. because kate was not willing to be with her yeah. in this moment of crisis. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just think it's a really interesting way how they wrote it. They didn't have to write it, but I appreciated it. Anyway, Brandon had to bounce out, uh, but we are still here to yeah. talk about episodes five and six. Yeah. Um, I'm still processing. Sorry. Uh, anyways, yeah. So I know, you know, let me jump in on first for a hot second. I know earlier sure. I said I prefer six over five. Um, but the more I think about it now, once again, that's not me saying five is bad. hundred no. percent. Not the case. Five. No, is I, think still six a, I think six <clears throat> is a better episode, but it has nothing to do because Godzilla and it. it's just yeah, like, yeah. we get more of the past stuff and, and it's like right, right. more. Yeah. What I noticed that this show is doing. And after looking at the preview for episode seven, cause you know, the preview pops up for max or not max, excuse me on Apple TV plus is like, Hey, this is coming out next Friday. Um, each app or like a few episodes, like, I feel like with episode four or four or five, we skip six, but we're all getting like the a bit of a backstory with the main trio of our of our characters. And we thought we got we got like a two for one with Keitaro and May. Turns out not. Mm -hmm. Um, but focusing on Kate was oddly a, a bit of a breath of a breath of fresh air in yeah. a way because we're focusing a lot about the stuff in Japan. We're going overseas. We're figure we were finding stuff about Hiroshi, but not knowing a lot about Kate and getting this episode, it's like, okay, so not only do we get to see, uh, you know, see what Kate was doing before Godzilla attacked, but also going through San Francisco and, or at least the destroyed version of San Francisco and just getting hit with all these memories, this past trauma and her actually breaking down in the subway when the military is chasing her down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, I didn't, it's kind of, no, oh, sorry. No, I'm sorry. Finish your thought. I'm sorry. No, I was trying to. I was trying to say it's not. I know I said refreshing like three times, but what it is, it's. I love what. Once again, I said it. I'll say. I'll say it another. I'll say it another time or again. Um, this show gives us makes us care about the humans. Yeah. <laughs> it makes us care about these characters, about these human characters who are dealing with the Godzilla, dealing with the aftermath of Godzilla, and also something I want to give props to the show is San Francisco is messed up and i oh, really yeah. like how it's not because a lot of times when you see disaster movies or when disaster <laughs> movies happen when the the sequel comes out and it's like a few years after pacific Rim uh, uprising being another exception a lot of the times the city is right in the middle of getting rebuilt or it's almost mm -hmm. done being rebuilt or it's already rebuilt and it's like hey look what we accomplished in two years after this Nothing devastating happened. monster attack a year later most of san francisco is still destroyed yeah. Like only like and and having Kate walk through the ruins of the city and just like like looking at her school, looking at the coffee shop where she met her girlfriend, it's just like 
damn this like this hurts it because i can only imagine um how people that like this is probably what people felt like during a, a when they went back to new york after the attacks yeah no that's that's true and to your point ben like i didn't actually think about it until you said it how like because Kate is one of our central characters, like, I didn't realize really we didn't get a lot of her backstory yet. Like, I didn't think about that until you just said it. And, like, every character is going to get an episode like this. Uh, spoilers for the episode title for the next episode that we're going to watch, episode seven. It's called The Real May. So, like, if we were, we're going to get a, a full May episode. So, like, this show has enough. It's not just six episodes. So, it feels like it has to, like, pack a lot of things in. Like, we have ten episodes to really let it breathe. Right. So, really, mm -hmm. every character is going to get, like, a central focal, focal episode about who they are and, like, how they got here. And I think that's really valuable. Uh, and to bring up all the stuff about, like, their journey through San Francisco was, like, it was really cool. And it's, like, man, like, real sets are incredible. God, I love it. Mm -hmm. The show looks so good all the time. We don't often get, like, so much focus of time in the aftermath of destruction like this. Yeah. And especially, like, seeing the, the like, refugee-style setup that they have to do for temporary housing for so oh, many yeah, people yeah. because they had to leave their homes um, and isolate up the city. And, like, when you grand scale this up to, like, knowing the later movies mm -hmm. and that similar steps have to be taken... Um, it really makes you feel the impact of like, you know, regardless of whether you think Godzilla is a titan saving them or not, like how much that really messes up uh, their their entire world for the people who were there. Yeah, uh, we we meet uh, Kate's mom. Yeah, uh, she's mm -hmm. living in these temporary housings. Uh, <clears throat> she has a really cool work friend. I think his name was James. <laughs> like immediately caught uh, like man, this guy likes her too much. Oh man. Oh yeah. Oh hardcore. Um, but also just like. I want to say the sheer shock and also god damn it Kate when she's like mom this is Kate Taro Randa like hey this is my secret brother that I have you fast me when I found in Tokyo I found that my dad had a secret family across the yeah. sea and but also even just like the the outpour of emotion from Kate's mom saying that it wasn't right for Kate but she liked having a part-time husband it worked out for her and oh, looking a... back and looking back how that wasn't fair to Kate, but yeah. to um, Kate's mom, it, it worked out. It's one of those things where it's like, it's, you know, another weird family. It's a weird family dynamic. Uh, sure. But also it kind of, cause I I'm trying to think of It's still weird. I can only imagine like what's going on through Kate's mom's heads. Like, Oh, okay. This, this is a, this is awkward. Well, very much, very much still in the vein of what we were kind of talking about with um, Kate's girlfriend is mm -hmm. that her mom seems like someone who knew. Yeah, I, uh, I, I like who yeah. like who who told a lot of stories to herself, but knew yeah. on some level that this was probably the case. Mm -hmm. And it, I, I like that there's like that double edge on on their relationship where Kate says like you used me to go check because you were too afraid to do it yourself. And she's like, I had you go check. Yes. Because you needed to go do something. Mm -hmm, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm, and like, right. like the, 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 the thing for both of them um, yeah. of that. And uh, that like, I think they're both right and wrong yeah. in both of mm -hmm. those choices. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that's really, really juicy. Yeah. It, it It is. And even just hearing after like what Kate was going through after Godzilla attacked, because obviously losing a, a bunch of her school kids traumatizing being able to save a few, but not being able to save all of them. Godzilla busting through the golden gate bridge watching that is, you know, absolutely horrific and traumatizing. I can only imagine that's like the worst day of any teacher's life. And yeah. 
her going through that depression is like, yeah, obviously she would do that. And hearing Kate's mom says, you were dying in your room. You needed to get out. So, yes, I pushed you out. It's like, um, I don't want to say the ends justify the means. But at the same time, it, it's it's something that I don't want to say it worked out. But no, yeah, it's like tough love. It, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it kind of it, it's like tough love. But also but kudos to Kate's mom and kudos to the writers who are writing Kate's mom's characters like, look, maybe I shouldn't have pushed you, but I needed to do something. That was the only thing I could think of. Um, Cause honestly, there have been times I've had conversations with my own mom like that, where she would, she looked, we would talk about stuff that happened while, when I was growing up and she was like, maybe I shouldn't have done it left that way. And she would apologize mm-hmm. for something that happened like over 15, close to 20 years ago. Like maybe when I was like really small yeah, yeah. and you know, she was like, Hey, I was just thinking of trying to do something I thought was best. And maybe that wasn't the right way to do it. I was like, and you know, we would talk about it. And while this is obviously much different, from maybe one one time I got yelled at for breaking a thing accidentally. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it's still very it's still like the writers know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I know like a yeah. bunch of writers say they know what they're doing, but when they write the show, it brings out so much more human emotion. And even though it's all this is circled around a gi- attack by a giant monster, it brings up a lot of stuff that we don't think about after we see a giant monster. And another scene, I, sorry, I know I've been rambling on, but there's You're another fine. scene that popped in my head about at episode five that I really want to talk about is the scene with Shaw in the interrogation room when um, assistant director Verdugo comes in and sure. he's grilling her. He's like, really? The best thing you guys thought of was let them fight? I was, that was pretty fun. <laughs> That was, and I was like, you know what? He's right. I mean, yes, we go see a Godzilla movie. We expect destruction. We expect a smack, especially the legendary films. We expect a smackdown. We, it's like, yeah, let's. It's popcorn. But then when we actually start thinking about it, this would be terrifying. This would yeah. be the worst thing in the world to happen. And, and he says, and, and he and he and he says, like, yeah, let them fight. Like, but what if Godzilla wasn't on our side? What if he kept going after the Muda fight? Like, we, no, no, no. He said, "What if Godzilla had lost?" Oh, what if Godzilla? Thank you. Yeah. What if Godzilla had lost? Absolutely. Yeah. He, he does. He does seem to between this and context and episode yeah, six. Yeah. He does seem to believe in a similar vein to Kurt, to Sarazawa that uh, Godzilla is a, a a better for them, a force for good. Yeah, yeah. Against other forces. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I think he asks a really fair question, which is like they had no plan besides like monarch should have been prepared yeah, yeah. monarch wasn't mm-hmm. prepared and your best plan when when the chips were down and it came to it was let godzilla do the work yeah what if godzilla failed you yeah yeah like you hoped godzilla could pull your ass out of the fire essentially kind of criticism oh yeah which i think is really mm-hmm. good he also yeah he calls her deputy director and he says it in such a way where it's like it feels like leverage yeah you can feel him putting like kind of the pressure on her position you're of, not the of, top like, top dog yeah 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 mm, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah exactly I want to who's the top like, dog? Mm. That's a good question. I really, I really want to. So it, it wouldn't be Sarazawa, would? So this is the thing: is we know it's not Sarazawa in 2014. Yeah, yeah. But it might be now. Do you think this is the yeah. this is the question? Is like because she did mention Sarazawa specifically, like why wouldn't you come to me or him? Yeah, yeah. And we don't know if they're like on similar footing or working together, or if he is now director. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he is. It's been a long feel like, time since King of the Monsters, and I don't think he is yeah. there either. I feel like it'd be. To make him like from just being a kooky scientist to the leader of Monarch in that short a span, I think might be a little too fast. And I think so, that's a good point because I think that part of the problem here is is what we're getting into. What it seems the show is pointing us to is that Monarch became too too militarized. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and not in a way where it actually took yeah. advantage of any of its resources for science. And you know whose fault that is? Mm-hmm. Uh, Leland Shaw. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so like that seems to have been baked in for a long time and that that would still probably be the case. Yeah. Oh God, I uh, really can't wait to talk about him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, this episode has our crew going through San Francisco. They're trying to get to Hiroshi's uh, 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 office. office where they might mm-hmm. find some more clues. You know, the Japanese office had a bunch of stuff. Um, Maybe this we office got, I, I did want to talk about just a couple of little nitpicks. Uh, yeah, this, not nitpicks, sorry. Um, little uh, tidbits inside well, of the, the early part of this episode. First off, I want to touch on Tim uh, pulling like his best possible, like uh, uh, acting like he did the trio favors. So oh. he pisses them off and he thinks that the monarch isn't still tailing them. Yeah. That was cute. Oh yeah, they're like, she one calls him a prick, another one calls him an asshole, and then one of them calls him a prick asshole. And I'm like, yeah. The mm-hmm. other detail that can get lost in the shuffle pretty easily because it's just for a moment, but um, when they go to the airport in Alaska, we see an advertisement for Strata Safe Homes. Strata oh, that's when the, oh, that's when they get back to San Francisco. Yeah. That's when they landed in uh, SF. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, the but still the, the fallout. Show. Either way, the airport. Yeah. yeah. Um, Strata Secure Homes. Uh, and I want to touch on how that the the gross capitalism that's ready to swoop in and take advantage of a crisis. Like, you never know when a Titan could strike. Get Strata Secure Homes, the only way to ensure your home uh, survives Godzilla. That'll be a million dollars, thank you. Yeah, right, like, way more. Yeah, way mm-hmm. more. Um, uh, like Yeah, she even, that, she even says tech bros are the only ones who could afford it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, that's, that's wild. That is just a, that's a wild little bit uh, that I'm really glad they put in of like- Nice little world building. Where, where like within a year, Capitalism has found the uh, well. Here's how we can use this kind yeah. of devastation, and destruction to our advantage. Um, raise yeah. those investments, strata yeah. secure homes. To that point, also uh, when we're talking with uh, uh, the mom when they're bringing them to to like the San Francisco uh, like destruction area, like oh, there's so many like drama tourists who come to see whether they want to know other, that it's real. Yes, this yeah. is the other note oh. I had is that um, uh, that people were selling tours of the destruction until they were told that they couldn't. Yeah, uh, gnarly. Also, yeah. like oh god. Yeah, that 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 gross. Like, but, how can I profit, pro- possibly profit off this scenario? Yeah, um, the vultures descended completely. I really like that the show gives just a little bit of uh, <clears throat> uh, air time to those concepts seeping in. Yeah. What I also uh, I want to point out because another tidbit that I thought was really cool was when they were talking about how um, they were saying, "Like, is it true that there were like a." Uh, like these tours that, that would go through devastation. It's like, yeah, it was mostly run by conspiracy theorists, people thinking it was all it's all fake and a government conspiracy. And it just brought me back to that uh, taxi driver in episode one, where um, Kate is lands in, in Tokyo and mm-hmm. they're they're driving around and he she sees the missiles like ready to go when Godzilla if Godzilla should attack. And the taxi driver is like, oh, San Francisco was a hoax. I'm like, mm. again, hey man, again, yes. that's like that's Why real is it stuff. Now? That's and, real, you know, yeah. And I mean, yes, we know this. Like, and then get them getting into like, like when when May and Kataro, they're in the like the literal middle of it. It's like, hey, this is where Godzilla like did the whole like blah into the Mudo's mouth. It's like, and May goes, how could anyone believe this was fake? It's like, girl, just wait. I know this is a fictional universe. Just wait uh, one more year, you'll find out. Oh yeah, you're about to have a giant three-headed dragon and a moth man, man moth monster hanging out. It's gonna be nuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mothman. Uh, yeah. To uh, yeah. to go on to uh, real quick, Ben. Uh, um, something in episode four that that like we talked about how like you know it, it's slowing down a little bit. Uh, but they're still able to capture and like do really beautiful cinematography and tell really cool storytelling. Like the entire sequence mm-hmm. of them going through the city. Uh, uh, God, those military. You know what I like about the show? 
unlike Godzilla 2014, like the military sucks. And like clearly, like they're not hiding it because those dudes are like, man, I'd kill all these cats if I could. And I'm like, boo bro, this boo this man! Oh my god! Oh yeah, uh, boo, boo this man <laughs> hardcore! All the dudes in the show are awful, and it's like, like, yeah, that's, that's about right. It's really funny. <laughs> Apple's like, can we get away with this? Yes, we can. Yeah, we don't, we're not Michael Bay. No way, Jose. No. Yeah, military. Or, the military designated uh, a red zone where they shoot looters on site. Except if you're a homeless guy just living living down there, they'll just chase you then. I, I mean, yeah. like that's that's uh <laughs> that feels more kind than yeah. like the reality would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd like to believe that like they can recognize the difference between looters and people who just have nowhere to go. Yeah, absolutely. And like that they would shoot the looters, but not the homeless. No, and I'd like to believe that they could be that. And like it's nice that Monarch wants to paint that picture for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The reality doesn't feel like that would be the case. It's the most unrealistic thing about the show. Yeah. 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 uh but i but i like I, I just like the whole construction of of the idea of the the economy around san francisco now the the way that people are living the way people are making a living yeah the circumstances they're forced to live under the way the military has taken full occupation not monarch military yeah like this is also important like whatever involvement monarch has it's basically left san francisco or yeah or it's like yeah hush hush yeah. Um, also, one thing because obviously we know that we find out that Kate's mom she works for FEMA. She helps with the uh, with the relocate relocalization or relocation team. But also, she goes into the city on certain areas that aren't boarded off, and she goes and gets people's belongings back. Yes. What a lovely uh, lady. And now, one of the things that she says is that when she has like a box full of things, is like you know when we go into the city or we go to the zones, it's not you know money or whatever people ask for. It's it's sentimental items, you know, photo albums, toys, you know. I have the that exact are, quote. If oh, you thank want, you, yeah. I, I made a note of it. It's people are not asking for money or valuables; they want their personal memories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's lovely, which I think is great. It's a really nice, like the the whole way that they constructed, especially like where they're living, and again in that temporary housing, it gives a lot of like post post devastation of war kind of vibes and and the way that you're you're migrate like you can still see the devastation of the city in the background and like you have to live over here now because your life has been upended by things outside your control like they're they're playing with a lot of like real stuff that i think they're they're integrating really well that's what i'll say yeah yeah definitely um yo you know what you know what i love it's very Indiana Jones-esque, but like, yo, there's a map and like there's a bunch of things, but we don't know what it means. Let's put something else in front of a light and it makes the Oh yeah. I, I was using like, ah! I, I, I love that too. To it's that. really great that the light was at the right distance and and point of like whatever. Like it, it it's it's cute. I yeah. like it. Uh I I vibe it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm for I'm all I'm all for that. I think that's cool. It's like, hey, sometimes it's great to have an art guy around your team. He know he can see things differently. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, throughout throughout the throughout the the journey through the destruction, it's when we're getting the flashbacks of like, oh, Kate used to be here. Uh, it's almost like uh, like you know, it's all you see the destructive version, and then you see like what it looked like you know a, a year ago. And I think all that stuff was mm -hmm. really well done. Like Kate, literally like like going into a PC, PTSD like shock in the middle of the tunnel because she's experiencing re, re remembering what happened. Right. Uh, that's all really well shot. Again, the oh, show yeah. looks so good. It does. It looks beautiful. Um, I really oh, yeah. two two moments with Kate. Uh, Character-wise, I think are really good. Um, Kentaro making her laugh in the streets. Oh, they were singing. I the thought songs? it was really cute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that was fun. 
um it, it the the way that he's trying to cheer her up it, the bond between them getting stronger I despite that was really nice they really should they really quiet stay quiet because yeah. there's a bunch of military yeah. dudes right on the other corner but that's fine um, and <clears> then yeah like she literally <laughs> No, sorry. She like she literally says, "Let's like shut up, shut up." And then they, she starts saying, and then May's like, "Shut up!" And then they get caught. Yeah, this guy's gonna get me killed. Oh my god. Um, and then uh, May staying with Kate in the tunnel, uh, and calming her. Yeah, and, and saying like, you know, just breathe in, just breathe focus out. Focus on me. Just focus on me. I'm right here. Yeah, and like you know, you know that shit ain't true. Oh yeah, we also get. Uh, it's later on, but uh, uh, we get May's kind of betrayal. Yeah. yeah. Which mm-hmm. is a bummer, but like again, we know this lady has some secret past, which they go into a little bit in the next episode. But like, she she calls, uh, what's her name? What was it? Michelle? Michelle, the French lady, the French badass. I think her name was Michelle. They say in the next episode, I think it's Michelle. Uh, she calls Michelle. She's like, "Yo, I want to get out of here. This sucks. I don't want to deal with monsters or looters or anything uh, or military men. So like, I'll I'll sell my homies out if we can if I can get home." And I'm like, "Oh, it's not gonna be May. No, nope. mm, no." Yeah. What else you got? I'm I'm trying to look up her character name now. Her character's name is Duval, I believe. Well, that's her last name. They called her Michelle in episode six. Did they? Yeah. Okay. I don't I'm remember. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh well. I remember. Uh, I've been waiting. To... I've been waiting for them to say her name a lot and they don't. They just like she's a tough lady. She is a tough lady, yeah. Uh episode six. Yeah. yeah. I think I think uh episode five is a really good follow-up to episode four. Yeah. I'm glad that you know we had a Kentaro May focused thing and then we got a kate focused episode and yeah i thought that was really yeah. good like it was about time to get a little more fleshed out with kate absolutely and i mm-hmm. i like all of the dynamic stuff around like and, and i just like really i really like revisiting like the aftermath of of san francisco yeah, yeah. it's one of the things yeah. that like in a much different and lesser tone i did enjoy about daredevil when it first came out and it was like hey this is new york rebuilding post avengers yeah, yeah, yeah and like you felt that yeah and that felt like something and like it meant something wherever you went that it's like well we're trying to do our best after uh the big event yeah oh yeah like fisk is buying up all the real estate because it's really cheap and he can take it over yeah yeah. but absolutely. even like when you see like small business people are like yeah they had to, we had to move our shop and like so many characters like that's the thing is like when so many characters will be able to relate to like well this is how xyz affected me because it was this major event and it makes the major event feel more impactful absolutely and like we're benefiting from that in the same way with the the terms of like the godzilla 2014 films yes yeah. Mm-hmm. And, as, and as much as I do like episode five, I am happy that we're back with the old school homies because I've missed them. Oh, yeah. I've missed them so much. It's great to I, have uh, have the old school homies very, back. Very, very bold and surprising to go two episodes without them. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is like, I think this is, I'm not going to say because I haven't seen the rest of them, but like this is definitely like the most impactful because it feels like the splintering of the group is starting to happen. And it's mm-hmm. because Shaw's not thinking with his head, <clears throat> he's thinking with his helmet, if you know what I mean. Mm. You know what I mean? Or his heart. I know what you mean. Or his heart. Oh yeah, yeah. But he didn't get laid that one night, so he. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's pent up. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this stuff is really good. Sorry, Ben. Real quick, I, I think this stuff is really good. I, I, I like that we are getting back to it, and um, uh, this this very important linchpin of Monarch's development. Yeah. Uh, phase. Yeah. I, I think they're doing a good job of like. They're doing a really good job of telling us good character stuff, stories about that trio in the past with Randa and Keiko and Shaw. Yeah. But also giving us the right touchstones in Monarch's development. Yeah. And and uh, 
they uh, re- uh, uh, who is it? Some some gentleman. Is it in Japan? Where where they go to to where they see Godzilla? Is it in Japan? Yeah, Doctor Suzuki <laughs> is in Japan. Suzuki, yeah, he's okay. So yeah, so they get a reading from some man, and like, yo, we gotta go check this out. This is this is straight up Titan activity. But Shaw, you got a meeting to go to, Mister Military Man. So see you later. And he's not happy about it. He wants to hang out with the homies, mostly because he wants to hang out with Keiko because he, he's he's in love or whatever. Uh, but mm-hmm. he's like, all right, you got a job to Gilson. You are the boots on the ground military guy. We're the scientists. Like, this is what we have to do for Monarch to survive. And Shaw doesn't listen. Not only does he not listen, he goes to his commanding officer and he says, like, what if I just like disregard what you want me to do? He's like, Shaw, what kind of man do you want to be? Do you want to be a leader or do you want to be a soldier? And he's like, let me get a plane ticket real quick and I'll come back to you. I'm like, oh my God, you're ruining everything, bro. I know he tells him, he tells him flat out, like you make the wrong call and I'm, I will take control away from you. Yeah. And Shaw does it. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's and, uh, Suzuki, that scientist. He's a, I love, I love a good kooky scientist. That guy, uh, he's making basically a Godzilla mating call, which is great. Mm-hmm. It is like, this lunatic is making monster babies. Like, I prefer her version better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, in terms of Shaw, like, the, the juicy stuff about that past stuff is, like, it's contextualizing Shaw in the present. Yep. You know, where he's saying, like, Monarch wasn't prepared, didn't do this. Monarch would have been prepared if Monarch had been the thing he was supposed to be running it to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's that that informing on, like, a lot of his opinions about Monarch up to this point. And I think it's really critical. Absolutely. Uh, ben, do you have something to say before I bring up something about uh, Ver- Ver- the, the French lady? Um, I was going to talk about uh, Shaw and Keiko, actually, when they were in the, yeah, the, the yeah. Summer Ball in 1955. Because, oh, so I mean, we all know that Keiko and Billy get together, you know, because they, uh, they have Hiroshi and, and all that stuff. And Billy becomes John Goodman in Kong Skull Island. And it's like, I don't know why, but it's just fascinating to see how, like, when Keiko and Shaw first meet, you know, Shaw was, like, straight-up military guy. He's like, I, I don't care. I'm just doing this for as a job. And then, you know, he falls in he he falls in love with her he likes doing the job with billy and everything he's like i need to do this but also i want to be with this girl i really really like and it's just like seeing how the events in the past affect the future so much is Mm -hmm. just interesting and it's kind of it kind of hurts because at the same time, it's like, oh, he's, you know, he's coming around. He's like, hey, I actually do want to be this girl. I really do like this girl. Finding monsters with her is really fun. It's something I love doing. And he decides to just mess it all up. And part of me is like, oh, so this is the probably the linchpin that causes Keiko to hate Shaw for years and get with Billy. All right. OK, I see what's going on yeah. here. And I and I can now see like whether he, he goes on like a like a self-destructive path afterwards. Like we'll see in the coming episodes, but like whatever happens lands him in, in jail, in like, you know, in rehab jail and in the Tokyo jail, um, you know, they have, they have, they have nice like bamboo forest, which is such a long way away. So like, there's, yeah. there's definitely like an arc to how yeah. we end up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do think, yeah, like there's a lot of, um, seeing mistakes with Monarch happen over the course of its history and feeling like he could have corrected them. And what she's trying to do now, trying to fix which now also, 50 years which later. Which also now, like, like in that context, let's just give a moment to think about, like, Randa is his best friend. We know this. We know how close he is to the family. Yeah. Like, regardless of the fact that he clearly romantically felt for Keiko, yeah. he still cared about Randa, still cared oh, about yeah. Randa's kids. Yeah. So, so in that context... Monarch losing its funding, falling apart under the arm of the military in Kong Skull Island, forcing Randa to go out himself on the job, put his life on the line, and he dies there. Yeah. 
like that also is probably something on Shaw's mind as like another failure that he's holding himself accountable for. Yeah, because uh, I just mm-hmm. uh, duh, I'm I'm dumb. I forgot literally the first episode we see that's that that Billy and Keiko are married and that's where where, where she she passes away. Um, so yeah. like yeah, we do have a long way. Of, we still have so many decades with Shaw to to that, man. This show better go on forever. I don't want it to end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to see how things go into the '60s and the '70s because I think it's like in the 1970s when they find the um. You know the tight like I want to say the Mudo over in uh, Kazakhstan, maybe I don't know somewhere around there. Oh, former okay, Soviet state, sure. yeah, somewhere around there. Um, and I am just and also just seeing how people in the fifties would react to Godzilla. Like I know, like the, we we get Godzilla twice in this episode, and it was funny because the first like episode five I was like, you know, with the show what, what that's that's based on Godzilla. There's not a lot of Godzilla. This is still an amazing television show, great drama, great character moments, and it's like, yeah, this is important. And when Godzilla shows up in Tokyo in Japan and just chucks the water thing away and goes dives back down, and he realizes, oh no. And he has to, yeah, he has to go. And this is the linchpin. He's like, okay, hey, um, General Packet, yeah, Godzilla's not dead. He's still up and around doing his thing. Well, this we is the gooped. whole thing, right? Like, we don't, we don't know how that shakes out yet. Yeah, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. because yeah, because yeah, when he, yeah, because when they go back to Monarch, the, the Navy takes over. Well, because of the debate they're having, and like, we don't know. We know that he was saying like he has to give them something. He was arguing to tell them about Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. Now he's not in control of what happens next with Monarch. We don't know if he tells them. He might. I don't. I don't. That think report he will. might change now. Yeah. Um. That might be the thing because like, ultimately, I am curious because of where we see them in that first episode. Like the we know Monarch starts to dip and lose funding towards the 70s and that it had been doing it for a while which means mm-hmm. that essentially the military stops believing that these things are even real or a threat and whatever that one case was was one time and they don't need to worry about anything so i wonder if it is that shaw lies here and they have no reason to justify the field trip they were doing they have no reason to justify a bunch of their research and this happens again and again, yeah, yeah, and yeah. again which mm-hmm. leads to the first episode why are they out there without any support absolutely it's just the three right. of them and this is why it, and ultimately, again, that decision leading to Keiko dying. Yeah. Because they didn't mm-hmm. have the support they should have had because Shaw made the decision he made in this episode. And that all that is really, really good. It's like really well built up into each other for so so it is a question of like, does Shaw tell them the truth about Godzilla now? And I I I really don't think he will. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. now because Probably. he no longer has control of Monarch, now it's a military right. operation, he won't tell them. Um, and that's mm-hmm. gonna be that's gonna be part of the thing because Keiko makes the great point, like, um, they'll make a bigger weapon and a bigger weapon until they kill it. And then how long after that, before they can't find anything else to kill, do they turn it on other people? Yep, use it on, on your hands. Um, so I think that's really, really great. I think that's mm-hmm. a, a great interjection. I do want to highlight, because we're just in this section, um, Wyatt Russell's delivery of, we didn't kill him. Jesus Christ, we didn't kill him is really good. Yeah. And like also Keiko's actor uh, being relieved about it. Yeah. And him just in like, oh my God. <laughs> like Shaw oh is God. terrified and Keiko's like, yay. Terrifying miracles. Yeah. Yep. Great, great title. Absolutely, yeah. That- that is a good. That is a good uh, line. Uh, da, da, da. Also, the switch. Do you, okay? Question for you to both. Do we think that the French lady uh, Duval slash Michelle? And let's take for sake of argument, let's call her Michelle. Is she really on the side of Shaw, or is she just doing this her a, espionage I, I, stuff? 
I don't, I honestly don't know. This is a good question, Ben, because I, I don't know. And I think it could go either way. And yep. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a part of me that thinks the either way only comes up if there's another season. Okay. So like, if it's just this season, she's probably 100%. Yeah, she's with Shaw. Yeah, yeah. If there's a season two, well, there were other angles involved. Tri- triple agent. Okay. Yeah. Um, but okay. what I will say is that what I will say is that I I we know that like there's other monarch people who don't like the way monarch is being run. Fashion. But we don't have the full context of what that means. But Shaw says flat out, I'm trying to help Godzilla. Yeah. And Duvall seems to be on that same page at this moment. So from the information we have so far, they seem to be in the same like what Godzilla thinks is best is probably best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and one actually uh, interpretation I had while um just not just for um for the monster like for for this version of the monsterverse at a whole is like obviously we know godzilla's uh, a force to be reckoned with don't mess with them and sarazawa said you know just let them fight part of me feels that god the best thing to do about godzilla is just leave the dude alone yeah sure i mean like, this I is feel the- that with the oh I, I was going to say, like, I, I question, like, I'm really intrigued because we don't know a lot about, we don't know a lot about the period of time between Godzilla 2014 King of the Monsters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do know by the time we get to the King of the Monsters, they've located a bunch of other Titans. But we don't know if they didn't already have those locations. For example, I'm pretty certain, based on the outpost numbers we've already heard, that they already have Ghidorah. Yeah. Like, they already mm-hmm. know that he's there. On the hush-hush. Um, yeah. in the ice so mm-hmm. uh in that context um i wonder if they spend a lot of that time thinking godzilla is the only risk one because godzilla is the only one moving around on the board yeah mm-hmm. uh and and like where that puts them in that sense like where we are right now in the 2015 like godzilla is the most dangerous because godzilla is the only titan we're tracking actively moving through civilian space nearby spaces whereas like the frost spark not really a risk right now yeah. unless you're at the monarch outpost i mean our big boy yeah. was chilling in like northern africa just and like notably, hibernating well and notably they didn't know the frost spark was there until just now yeah um right so that, that's also something but like yeah i do i do question if like godzilla would just be relaxing if they didn't keep getting in his way like stop chasing me y'all but but it is interesting like i think shaw's after the same thing hiroshi's after hiroshi seemed to be using the beacon to wake up godzilla yeah is he trying to alert him to something that hiroshi has discovered man i i i don't know like are we are, are we heading towards like hiroshi like knows knows that like there's like like maybe the end of the season is a big Titan fight and like Hiroshi knows that Titan's coming. So he needs Godzilla. I think he knows. I think he knows as they pointed out that like the radiation patterns are signifying something. Yes. And I think it's, I do think it's important that we have not addressed what happened with that first Titan from episode uh, uh, two. The dragon. Yeah. The ion dragon. Yeah. Mm. I think it's important that we haven't circled back on that. Maybe he's grown. He's all grown up now. I'm wondering if he mm. got bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering because of they're talking about these patterns, these radiation patterns that go across. Same with episode two. The sky. Yeah. Just like mm-hmm. episode two. Just bigger now. I'm wondering if the Ion Dragon is part of what we're going to circle back on, that the Ion Dragon is the next big threat. Yeah. That's a good question. That's, that's a great question. My big question that I'm pretty sure is going to be answered in this season, I hope it is, is what Shaw meant by trying to help Godzilla. Yeah. That's the to me like when he said I'm trying to help him. It's like, 
oh, what do you mean by that? Are because um, I feel that what Hiroshi was trying to because I like Hiroshi was trying to you know find a Titan and then he'd realize oh shit that's Godzilla he was maybe trying to find someone else uh, or someone else being a different Titan I don't know but once again that's the good thing about the show the mystery deepens it's like what do you mean by that how do you it's like cool we know Hiroshi's alive we got that I think that's a really good reveal it wasn't like a season ending thing it's like you see their dad and then instantly cut to credits wait till season two but at the same time I like I love how we can speculate and just focus on the why Hiroshi and the show keeps Titans. giving us yeah yeah but we don't know and why. it also gives us yeah but it also gives us good like good reason to keep following these characters is like when Shaw tells is like tells uh, Duval's like or he tells uh uh Kate that I'm trying to help Godzilla and I'm like why what does he need what help is with? the He's point sleepy. or what was he constantly telling Monarch like when uh when Duval came in and busted all those Monarch guys she's like how do you know something that all the physicists don't know we've hired the top physicists ever how do you know it's like I've been telling them this for years they're just it, the idiots who don't listen before I know you want to respond um it sounds like they know of either a threat or just something. Maybe it's even just like maybe like uh, an Earth event, not even a Titan event specifically, but like only something that like a like Godzilla can can do and or mm-hmm. fix. Because like otherwise, I'm not. I don't really know why everyone like they like Hiroshi would be on such a hunt mm-hmm. to try to find try to find these monsters. Otherwise, like, could you imagine if like if this is the season we get? Amy? I won't say. God, that'd be <laughs> amazing. What I wait, I we get what in the season? Aliens, like they know aliens oh, are coming, so they want Godzilla. <laughs> it's not. It's definitely not that. It's definitely I, not that. I, I want nothing more than like I, the, too, la- the the last episode of uh of Monarchs to be the the end of Bolt and Shaw's just looking oh up God. in the sky and and, and you go oh, aliens <laughs> just amazing um bolts a 10 out of 10 uh what i will say is disney movie with the dog yeah yeah uh what i will say is that i think even if uh it's not the ion dragon they're very purposefully talking about like randa's files still being important what hiroshi randa is getting from those files still being important it's radiation in the sky that is connected to the ion dragon we know that randa had that in his files he had been tracking those patterns that might not be that the Ion Dragon is the thing, but something related to it, possibly as some kind of Earth event, is. Um, it could. Sorry to interrupt, but like because the files, like like they're from Skull Island, it might be something that like like that just we haven't even seen yet. It could be a completely new thing. Uh, uh, but as in, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry for no, it's, but it, I think that's I think that's there's a lot of possibility up in the air. But I do really like how they see they they seem to be having a good idea of how to connect like what what all three of them were doing back in the past at the beginning with monarch especially with randa and his research documenting everything they were doing yeah yeah is just as relevant then as it is today uh in 2015 and like what they need to do in order to benefit from it whether that is confronting a specific titan or confronting a grander event um all of it is like building up to uh a repeating of a pattern that they were noticing yeah 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 (laughs) which again is just like putting the science first and Monarch seems to have been putting military first for a long time. And that's like the issue, yeah. right? Yeah. Monarch has swung the wrong way uh, on that. So yeah. that seemed yeah. that seemed really cool. I'm I'm super into it. I think both Wyatt and um Kurt Russell are doing a great job as Shaw in this episode. I think they're both doing some good uh stuff in their charisma, in their um character work yeah uh for for different the part where kurt uh looks over at kate 
and talks about the Randa girl. Oh, I'm always, I'm always, and, I love hanging out with like, Randa girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really, you, you, they're doing a really good job of playing the same man. Yeah, yeah. Um, they just are. They're they're both excellent talents, and they're really working it. Also, uh, uh, there's a nice moment when when uh, when Lee shows up in 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 Japan, and mm-hmm. Billy recognizes why he's there, and he's like. You know, it's worse than a part than a third wheel, a fourth wheel. Yeah. He's giving them a chance. He's yeah. not even trying to interrupt. Like that's a good dude, right. and, he, and he still ends up getting the girl because, like, at this point in time, like that dude's not crazy or John Goodman yet. So, like, it's it's right. that's a nice little character thing. I'm like, oh man, he's giving his buddy a chance because Keiko will yeah. just never forgive Shaw for what he cost them. Yeah, he ruined. Right. He he kind of literally ruined Monarch for for lo- for love. Uh, mm-hmm. and they have a beautiful moment on the dock where it's like, we can't do this. Like, we cannot let our emotions get in the way of, like, the greatest scientific discovery known to mankind. Uh, but he's like, well, why not, though? And she's like, yeah, okay, why not, though? No, we can't do it. <laughs> and uh, Godzilla's like, excuse me, were you like, talking? Hey, I didn't you guys were talking. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's he, great. He, God's, Godzilla just be, like, the, big, be the biggest, uh, uh, the monster in the room, essentially. It's like, oh, sweet, oh, sweet, I, I mean, well, the telegram was the elevator was did that already, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, like the second of um, Godzilla pops up and they instantly know it's like okay, this changes everything. We're yeah, yeah. we're screwed. And then of course the realization that because Sean did what he did, the army gives the monarch over to the navy, um, like this whole thing, and now Keiko is going to hate Shaw forever. And then she gets with Billy, and yeah, it's interesting that. Because like I fully expected a uh, packet to, like, to be there. The fact that do you think even like packet was taken off because like he was the general, he was the guy in charge, and he didn't get any information. No, one hundred percent not. The way he okay, protects, okay. the way he protects his ass. Okay, 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 is by pulling Shaw the moment Shaw disobeys. Gotcha. Okay, okay. that's that's mm-hmm. no. I'm sure packet. I'm sure packet's still involved. Okay, just I figured he would be he would be there, but okay, gotcha, gotcha. No, yeah, packet packet told him flat out at, yeah. the, at his cookout where he's like, hey man, like you make the wrong call about leadership. And you you will lose your position. Like yeah. it's, it's that simple. Gotcha. And like Packet just followed through. Yeah. Uh, I think he sees a lot of potential in Shaw. I think he believes because he was there. Yeah. In the importance of what Shaw's trying to guide, um, and that's why he's trying to give him the opportunity. But ultimately, he can't. He is a military man. Yeah. He believes military is more the solution, and he can't deny when Shaw's going to disobey, and yeah. that they need to put. In his mind, someone who's going to follow the chain of command. Why he, mm-hmm. why'd he go to, to his family cookout? What a what a crazy man Shaw is, God. <laughs> yeah, for real. But really great scene. I really like the general being back in these episodes. Yeah, I, I really like yeah. him, and I like the dynamic he has with Shaw, um, especially like leaning into the uh, the the grossness of the the time where like everyone's looking at Keiko wrong. Oh, and the she's one like, of the... oh no no she's one of the good ones, and it's like yeah. Ah. I I wanted to point that out because we keep. We don't keep forgetting, but something that show I, I don't. I once again, my you my history with the forties and World War Two is somewhat decent, but afterwards in the fifties, because of course we all know about the internment camps for Japanese American citizens yeah. and everything. Um, but it's also interesting to see, like obviously Keiko being a Japanese born a Japanese scientist working with the American military about Godzilla it puts a lot of military guys because it's like, Hey, we were fighting each other, not 10 years ago. Yep. What's going on. And even that whole bit in the, the general coming in and it was like, no, no, she's with us. She instead of saying, Oh, she's one of the good ones. It's like, dude, she's been with you for the longest time. 
No, it doesn't matter. It's like, the, the other thing is that I think is really interesting to your point, Ben, is that it's one of those things where Keiko's character benefits, benefits from misogyny. Um, because as you rightly said, a Japanese scientist man in her position would be less trusted simply because mm-hmm. he could be a threat. Yeah. They don't consider her a threat. Yeah. 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 Because she's a woman. They underestimate her. Uh, and so, and so they're like, yeah, fine. Okay. She can be this. We accept her because we can, we can, we're po- more powerful than her yeah. ultimately is the concept. Yeah. A Japanese male scientist would not have the same benefit in that position point, at yeah. that point yeah. in time. Yeah. No, because they would probably think he's tr- probably uh, trying to keep get the empire back or, you know, do anything they after the Japanese. They simply wouldn't trust him because yeah, they, they simply wouldn't trust him because they don't inherently feel like they have power over him and they feel like mm-hmm. they have power over her. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of power, uh, Godzilla's he's, he's taking a big on. We got two, we got two great shots uh, near each other of Godzilla emerging one Dude, from water and one from the earth. Like they both look great, but like the, that water scene. Like that is straight up just movie quality Godzilla. And again, the shine off of his back, I'm like, yo, man, that is some good well, CGI. And again, I think they're I'm, doing a really good job with creating that that young Godzilla. Yeah, he's slightly younger, just a little bit. He's a little he's a little thinner in the face. So got the peach uh, fuzz instead some of, of beard. His, some of his dorsal plates are are smaller. Yeah, uh, like I, I think that's cool. Yeah, go ahead, Ben. I actually I want to give uh this is a tidbit. It's not a nitpick. It's a tidbit, and <laughs> it's huge props. To the, to the editors and the people who make this show who say this is pre-King of the Monster Godzilla, oh, this is pre-2014 Godzilla, and this is post-2014 Godzilla. Because post-2014 Godzilla, his dorsal fins are different. Like, because like the regular Godzilla, he has like the more straight dorsal fins in the, the 2014 movie, and then King of the Monsters, they're more like the classic jagged ones, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. When Godzilla rises from the sand, it's the more jagged ones like we see in King of the Monsters. They're like, you guys know your yeah. shit. And yeah. yeah. It's he's like, on, he's all right. Way. Mm-hmm. He's oh, on his something. way to pink. He'll get <laughs> yeah, there one day. Yeah. <laughs> he will. Yeah. He will. Uh, I, that, honestly, that was just like a, a, a weird thing that I, I noticed it. And I was like, you know what? Good on you guys. Because, you know, younger Godzilla, the small dorsal fins. Because it wasn't really explained as to why his dorsal fins changed from King of the Monsters, from Godzilla 2014 to King of the Monsters. It was explained in a comic book. A not a very good comic book, but it was you ex- know what? explained. You know what it is, Ben? Is he's he's part Super Saiyan because every time he gets his ass kicked, he just needs to relax. He needs to like recharge and all this get stronger. Just get stronger. He just gets yeah. stronger. So like he took a nap in a desert and he wakes up like oh bigger dorsal fins. Okay, he's gonna By take a nap way. in an iceberg. He's gonna wake up pink. Yeah, <laughs> can't wait for them to explain that one. But you guys were mentioning about how when he's rising from the ocean, but and my favorite scene thus far is, of course, Godzilla rising from the sand. And even when they see Hiroshi, they're all waving, and then he's trying to go away, and you can see the rock formation behind uh, Kate uh, and um, yeah. and Shaw and everything. It's like, oh, shit, that is right I, there. He's right there. I love, uh, you know, like fantasy, you know, like a giant, like in, in God of War, there's a turtle that has the tree on its back and he rises up. I love when monsters and nature are so coexisting together. Yeah. Cause like, yo, that man, he's a mountain. Mm. And then he rose. Like that is, it's such a good look. And again, the CGI is so good. Cause it's, it, oh, they use it, like you said, sparingly, like, man, like it feels so like powerful every time we see one of these monsters. You know what else this reminds me of? Mm. This might be a weird cut or a weird pick. 
but it reminds me of the scene in Detective Pikachu where all the giant Torterra rise from their slumber. Sure. sure. No, like that, that's river. exactly the type of show I'm talking about, 100%. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what I found uh, interesting uh, about it is Godzilla probably they've been looking for him in the water. Like, if they've been wanting to keep track of him, they've probably been checking the ocean for the past year. Yeah. Or so. And nobody thought, oh yeah, he's that mountain over there. I'm sure that's true. I'm, I'm sure 100% Monarch has yeah. been like, we're we're going to figure out, like, they've been trying. They're like, we gotta, like, Godzilla's the one that's, like, kind of out there that we don't have a beat on. Yeah. We gotta get a beat on him. We gotta know what he's doing. And they haven't. And then and they're like, He's a he's a mountain. Yeah, I'm, I can imagine in the dirt. There's some like what geologist or some guy, like some like, guy who like is exploring the land who lives there. He's like, I don't remember that mountain being there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the fuck is going? <laughs> and he's like, I'm not going near it. No way, Jose. Uh, that's really great. Yeah. Then he goes out. He comes back to. He's like, where'd that mountain go? Honey, we got we grew a mountain overnight. That's pretty nuts. I love that. I love a hib hibernating Godzilla. Uh, he looks straight at Keiko. It's like he saw me. Kate. Kate. Sorry. Yeah. Uh. Uh. uh the rain of girls. I'm getting the mix up. Sorry. Uh. But like, it, that's a really cool scene. Like, oh hey, what's up, little? I'm not worried about you. I'm just. I'm gonna go walk off. It is one of the things like we've talked about before, where you know different Godzillas will have different levels of recognition. We talked about for minus one. Yeah. Shin Godzilla has zero recognition of you. Um. Godzilla minus one Goji has a clear recognition of people. Gets angry at them. And Godzilla 2014. We already saw him. He he sees Aaron Taylor Johnson in yeah. that movie. Um, and so it's great to continue that. Like he sees Sarazawa in King of the Monsters. He sees Kate here. Yeah. Um, I really like that. I wonder if he's mad that he got woken up. Because he's like, nah, I gotta go find another mm. mountain to be. No, I think uh, I think he's following Hiroshi. He goes in the same direction. Oh, okay. He, yeah, yeah. Hiroshi goes off this way. Godzilla's facing this direction. And yeah, Godzilla yeah, gets right. up, turns around, and goes that same way. So I do think Hiroshi, again, might be on that path him. where he's trying to lure him somewhere. Yeah. Make Godzilla aware yeah. of something. Yeah, got that mating call again. Like, what? Another one? Oh, it's just this guy. Yeah, it's like that device in a half century war, but it's not made to make the monsters crazy. It's like, hey, follow me. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up, um, I'm a homie? Yeah, and then of course the very end of the episode is another bit of a heartbreaker because this is when May finally comes clean. Uh, I want to say I kind of like it how May just straight up goes clean in front of everyone it's there's no subterfuge it wasn't a they find out there or this elaborate plan that goes sideways and then they find out about may's air quotes betrayal and like i have a feeling that maybe keiko was developing a little bit of crush on me because you know she grabs her hand she's like come on let's go and and then she's like no i sold you out i'm the problem here yeah and we get a very yeah. brief explanation of what happened and then you know she's all mad because you know she feels she feels betrayed again and we go off and obviously next episode we're gonna find out more about may and i'm really excited because even in episode five to go back there for a hot second when may is in like the um the hospital gurney and michelle shows up she's like it's either so i love the line is like whenever someone discovers a new species they get the honor of naming it and she's like but do we call it tightness may this or tightness layla this yeah so, using her sister's name you don't look like her that was a good that was a good bit yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we were, we're definitely on the path, uh, to learn more about May. Um, they don't really give us anything that we didn't already kind of pick up contextually. It's just like mm -hmm. fully stated out and out. Yeah. Um, 
but that's fine. I, I'm I'm ready for this this journey. Um, I really like her as a character. I'm really interested in in, in what uh, we can learn about her yeah. that puts her in this position. It's it's it's, uh, it, it's mostly interesting because like there's no part of me that believes it's at all Titan related. No. So like because it's going to be its own other thing. How do you? How are they going to? I, not that I think they'll fail, but like, how are they going to interweave it in a way where like we care about that, even though it's totally it divorced to our, from the story? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because like you know, things with Kentaro and and Kate have been tied to like their dad or um, their their own dynamics that kind of relate to the stuff going on with their dad or with each other. And for May, uh, it's going to have to do something new. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm super interested in that. Yeah, yeah, because May is literally just the one who's thrown into the mill, but she's not the it's. <clears throat> I want to say May is a reverse of Garl. Now, you don't know who Garl is. Garl is a character in the game Sea of Stars. He is called the warrior cook in the game. And he's best friends with the two main characters who are the, you know, these chosen warriors. They trained for years and they don't want to go and they have to go out and fight this great evil and their friend comes along with them. May is the reverse of that, where Garl wants to go fight. He wants to help him out in any way he can. He knows when to stay on the sidelines. May doesn't. And I kind of like it how instead, well, May is like, I'm sick of this shit. I want to almost died multiple yeah. times in the last couple of weeks. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She is like, I want to call this done out of Alaska. And then when they were in a, um, earlier we said San Francisco, but it's the Oakland Alameda County area, actually. I just remember oh, that. Yeah. I don't know why. No, but, I remember they said Oakland, yeah. Still, Bay Area. Um, and she's and when uh Kate is like pack a nut up and pack up and uh, pack a sun hat, I'm just like, just let her be. Cause at this point, I feel bad for May. Cause May's yeah. like, I shouldn't be here. I don't want I don't want adventure. Just leave me alone. I, I've seen two more Titans than I ever wanted to in my entire life yeah. up close and in person. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh I for sure. Um I'm really, yeah, I'm also interested in how they're, how they're going to connect, like keeping her around. That's the thing. Like, are, is she like, I don't want her to go away, but she is definitely like the least, the least connected to like the Titan stuff. So like, I'm not worried about the show. Like, like you said, like failing, but like, I'm just, I can't wait to see like what, like what's going to keep her around. Is it Kentaro? Is it Kate? Actually, who knows? Like, you know, we'll see. Uh, But um, we do know that they're trying to keep like Kate and uh, Kentaro keep her around because she has bill randa's files she has a grandfather's files and a bunch of backups on like her ipad the cloud or whatever and it becomes it's like we need you because you have this and she's just like uh like kind of like hating herself for the one time following tech rule 101 always have a backup true right very true um some some little notes uh tidbits you could say uh tidbits you could say um uh i really like the way that deval frees shaw the the speaking to him in French. If you uh, can speak French, but, cough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clear your throat. Yeah. All right. Now duck in six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really good. Um, I also she leaves a little nugget of information about herself that her sister was in uh Japan. Yeah. Uh, I believe the reference that they're they're making is to the Muto and that she mm-hmm. died there. Oh yeah, the facility. Yeah. Like the implication seems to be that she died when the Muto gets out at the facility in Japan. He was hanging out with Brian Cranston. 2014, yeah. Yeah. Um, that seems to be the implication. Yeah, That's I got cool. that. I yeah. like that. I like that yeah. character. Style. Oh, yeah. And so she does have, she does have, like, stake in the game or, like, no, I do actually know Godzilla is Which is, again, which is, again, like, not hating the Titans necessarily, but, like, Monarch handled that badly 
Monarch's handled a lot badly, and if Monarch hadn't handled things as badly, my sister might not be dead. Yeah, hundred percent mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred <clears> percent. <throat> I think that's good motivation. Uh, yeah. I, I like. I, I didn't expect the turn from her. I, I really like it. Yeah. Um, and again, like we could get more information where like this could all be an act as well. And like I'm, sh- and like that would be well written enough where like I I I would buy it. I like that she's on our side. I think she's she's a cool like. What's a cool What's so guy. interesting, I think, is that she's a Tim loyalist. Yeah. Uh. At least it seemed that way, but now in like but hindsight, Tim sucks, and I think she well, knows it. Well, now in hindsight, I'm wondering like when she stuck with Tim, I wonder if the whole time she was gunning for Shaw, maybe, like yeah. hoping that they they'd actually catch up to him and she could talk to him. Yeah, because I'm sure she she's on the inside. She knows all of his history already. Yeah, and she's like, he is the only guy who can actually help us. <clears throat> yeah, and the then, and as far as we know, Tim died with everyone in the helicopter because they got way too close he to guys. Like, so no way. I hope he did. <laughs> we didn't see a body. We know how these shows work. That's true because uh, Shaw's probably lying, saying, "Oh, no one, everyone's dead. No one survived. Let, let, let's get going." Next episode's gonna start. He's like in the copter, hey, I'm alive or something. Yeah, he's totally. still on. He's Probably. still on one of Godzilla spikes. He's just riding along <laughs> for the ride. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope I hope we see Tim again. I hope that wasn't the last of him. I I like his bit in the office where he's recognizing what uh, Hiroshi was looking at. And he asks for why did Hiroshi get kicked out of Monarch? And and it's because he was repositioning satellites that are supposed to look out in space. At yeah, Earth. yeah. And like props mm-hmm. to Tim, like that man is able to look at a bunch of dots on a on a blank board and go, "Those are continents." I'm like, bro, you are. I'll give you credit. You are smarter than I thought you were. It's a little reach, but like you got it, dude. You could draw continents from memory. I love it. Good for him. Yeah, I think if he just pulled that shit out of his ass, one hundred percent, like I would, I would have had a hard time with it. But like the fact that he like he put together the the chair facing the wall instead of facing the window, uh, and saw the very clear outline of something that had been there, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Poster. just looks closely and figures out like this is obviously a map, and yeah. and again like this is there Hiroshi is picking up on something that is a pattern that Monarch has been aware of. Monarch has been aware of it because Randa and, and Shaw were aware of but it. But didn't do anything. So about like it. Yeah. so so this is not something they haven't seen. Whatever this pattern is has been seen by them before. Yeah. Uh in some circumstance. So do no I'm no that's a no I was gonna say do you think this could like be hollow earth related in any way? It's possible. I don't think it's one hundred percent out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. We do have that like uh from episode four, the the blue light that was shooting up near the Frostmark situation, yeah, 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 yeah. that that could be a uh, Hollow Earth related. Because so. I'm thinking, like, if you're if you have strong satellites, like obviously the Hollow Earth is so below, like I don't know if satellites be able to like detect anything, but like if that's like an underground like super passageway or something, you know, to get to Atlantis or wherever, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I but I doubt it. Yeah, uh, the place where Godzilla went to rest, Cetopia, uh, King of the Monsters, yeah. 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 Just uh, get ready to become burning Godzilla to get to throw down the Ghidorah. Um, oh, yeah, I got. I really don't have anything else to say other than I am constantly excited for a new episode of Monarch. Um, uh, I I will say real quick: a man in this uh, episode six uses very loaded terms that I'm quite curious if oh! they're, they're just throwaway or if we're going to play off on hey, them. In I, the future, I can't believe we didn't talk about it. Monster Island, straight up Monster Island. Oh, right. Yo, that's where a bunch of monsters hang out. Oh, but, I can't believe we forgot about Monster Island. That was a good. That was a good line. I want because we've gotten so many Godzilla movies post this. I just think it's a cheeky line, and just like I think we're just supposed to like um, kind of Leo DiCaprio point. Um, but it's definitely like that. You are right. That is you can't just throw words out like that. Like that has context. Man. I would love. I would love it if we established that like 
there is an island that like maybe because of hollow earth stuff whatever that is just like the titans like to be there it's their hangout spot um, and that that can be how they eventually found mothra yeah like you could tie that shit in like i would love that yeah i'd love nothing more if this was like a subtle monster island yeah stuff. if this was like subtle setup instead of just being like like a like a uh what's it called like a, a throwaway what? easter egg. yeah he, thank you easter egg. i couldn't figure that out uh that would be great because like this show is good enough for like you know if we don't hear about Monster Island until like season two, episode five, it's like we're back here. I'm like, ah, oh, you're setting this up. Like I, uh, either way, uh, it was it was fun. Yeah, that was a that was a nice little moment. Man, and halfway and through, a great show. Oh, sorry, we have more to say. Sorry, then. I still remain oh, no, in the opinion. Sorry, just real quick, the last thing been on the Monster Island thought. I still remain in the opinion. Like the one thing that really bothers me about Godzilla vs Kong is that they wiped out Skull Island because I still yeah. remain in the opinion that, that Skull Island should have just become Monster Island. That's what a yeah. bad idea that was. Yeah. I agree with that statement 100%, but oh well. Go ahead, Ben. Um, you know what? I had a thought and I lost it. I'm so sorry. Darn it. It's all right. No uh, worries. Monsters, I hope it comes off. back to you. Um, these are these are great episodes. I'm really enjoying the show. We're six episodes in, and I and I really feel like I'm being served such a delicious full meal of characters yeah. and story and interesting lore. I'm coming away from like so many shows where we're doing the week to week, but we don't come away from them talking about it or asking the kind of questions that like we fully are. fed. And like it's it, right. it but but like also like that that mystery sense is the unpacking of this. I don't feel like I feel like they're writing just that right line of they I don't feel like they've ever made the stakes too big for a mystery where like any reveal would fail. Yeah yeah uh to deliver nor do I feel like I'm ever coming away from it without good questions. Absolutely. Like they're really writing that line yeah. very well without getting me too hyped up, too too grand in my expectations of what could this mean kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but also never leaving me without um, kind of like a, God, I gotta see the next episode. Like how does, how does this connect to this? I am, if I looked, if I remember the the order of that, I looked at the episodes, the next two episodes are written by comic book writers. The next episode is written by Mariko Tamaki who is a big comic writer. And then the next episode is written by Matt Fraction, who is one of the showrunners for the show. Oh, and that guy is my, you know, my comic book love. So like, just like the rest of this, the rest of the season is like, man, it's just going to be gold. We're just golden, baby. Yeah. It's golden. Oh yeah. I, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Um, what, a, something I've been doing myself is I've been watching these every two weeks. Cause you know, we prepare, we, we do these like dual episodes or we do, mm-hmm. we talk two episodes at a time. And for me, it's like I got two hours of Godzilla to look forward to, and I'm. It's like, yay! And then after I know the second episode, you get like a new movie every two weeks. Kinda, yeah, or, or yeah, kinda. And then once I get to when some like I'm after the second one, I was like, oh, what's the oh, yeah, the third one's not ready yet. <laughs> oh, I get sad, but yeah, you know yeah. what? That's okay because in doing this ride as far as long as we have been, I am loving the show and. Like the memes have been online ever since Godzilla minus one and the Kong cross Godzilla trailer came out. Godzilla fans have been eating very well. We've got a mate and we have an amazing film right out of Japan. We have an amazing, well thought out television show that to be honest, a lot of us probably didn't think was going to do very well. And now we're hyped for the, you know, the WWE SmackDown event of Godzilla Rose and, and, uh, robot cast arm kong versus yeah. evil kong yeah yeah um i i speaking of the memes people have been calling this godzilla's crocodile mode which i really enjoy um oh yeah he's like ah. coming out of the sand bit where yeah. he's like on all fours and it's like i enjoy mm-hmm. his crocodile mode i'm like i see it i yeah. see it i vibe um yeah 
yeah, I think I, it's it's really a testament. I'm very excited about the future of kaiju kaiju properties in general, specifically mm -hmm. Godzilla, but like kaiju properties in general with the great response that has been happening to this show and Godzilla minus one at the same time. Like, I do think this is going to kind of create a bit of a shift of like, well, you can put like real character shit in here. And like, I, I think more yeah. people are going to be interested in wanting to even give it a try um, instead I of just like going in, not even attempting because they think who cares. Yeah. I feel that with Godzilla cross Kong, we're going to get more of the monster verse version of, you know, uh, surface level human characters who are yeah, there yeah, just yeah. to try to move the plot along. But you, we know what you're here for. You're here to see a giant got a giant dinosaur and a giant gorilla beat up another giant gorilla. Hopefully, in future films, if there are future films, fingers crossed. And I'm talking about future monster first films. They'll take a step back and then focus on on things like Monarch and even got minus one, where they see like what works. It's like yes, the monster fights are fun, but what also works and what's also extremely important are the human characters in it, and to be able to tie those in it seamlessly. It's difficult. I completely understand, especially in a film like King of the Monsters, where you got Godzilla, Rodan, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, the most famous of the Godzilla characters, in my opinion, all fighting in one go. It's like, yeah, that's you're there for the SmackDown. But then you, but then you look at stuff like Monarch, and I know minus one is going to be referenced a lot in the future. But it's like you can make great films or great properties and great television shows. Focusing on the characters around Godzilla, where Godzilla is still the biggest focal point of the show. Yeah, it's the characters that that orbit around Godzilla, and to make and just to try and seamlessly blend the two together is yes, it's difficult, but it can be done. We have two amazing options proving it can be done. Yeah, and it's it's all the more impressive again. Like it's it's one thing to be able to pull that off in a film the show the way this show is bringing us back week after week and like it's it's bringing us along for the ride like we're so used to our kaiju media in general like even even the television shows like go to ultraman or anything like that like we're used to you get your build up and you get your big climactic battle and like that happens every episode like Power Rangers, or it yeah. happens every movie yeah. and like being taken through these episodes where like we're just being given like all this information all these character beats and all these things and like the titan interactions are specific and unique and separate and different uh you just don't have a lot another thing that we didn't really uh point out too much is like episode five has no major titan appearance yeah um like it's all about it's all about the aftermath mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and i think that's really powerful too it's saying a lot without having to put the titan on the screen like you feel the impact of godzilla his godzilla presence is yeah. incredibly present throughout that yeah entire you always episode. feel when even when he's there's not a monster on screen for an entire episode you always feel like the looming presence of godzilla on everyone's mind and the city that he attacked like it's always there yeah yeah uh, like with tokyo especially because tokyo you know, history, looking back at film history and Godzilla history, essentially, Tokyo is always like Godzilla's MO. That's his literal stomping grounds. And in the show, where we go to see to go to Japan, we see a bunch of Godzilla like run here in case of Godzilla. And even when we go back to the Oakland airport, there's a there's a big giant banner that says follow the instructions of your first responders. And there's like a silhouette of first responders, you know, ambulance, police, fire, and Godzilla. It's like when it involves Godzilla, listen to these guys. These guys know what they what we're gonna do. And you're absolutely I mean, yes, the gross capitalism aside, it is interesting and also it's very uh I don't want to say poetic, 
but it also it's like it's it brings to light something you don't think about with these giant monster films or with kaiju films is the devastation afterwards it feels Even, human yeah you like, know what yeah. let's use um if i may real quick real quick ryan i'm sorry if we can use pacific rim as an example sure they don't really look at the aftermath like after the fight in hong kong the miracle mile where they fight um kodachi and leatherback you know we're there for the fight where it's like all this stuff is great and then they find out okay they, the revelation of like the kaiju are clones there there's more coming yada 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 but then you don't look at the destruction of the city afterwards after the thing we get uh charlie day's character go to ron perlman and say like i, I told you and it's yeah. just to where the kaiju was it's not like people coming out of the shelter looking and experiencing the devastation of these monster attacks and yeah, this yeah. one brings it to because even like I was watching this movie, I'm thinking, okay, yes, yeah, San Francisco destroyed. But then I think about King of the Monsters. Like I kind of want to see a season of Monarch after King of the Monsters because Boston yeah. was leveled. All of Boston was leveled essentially. Oh, yeah. It's like I want to see the aftermath of that. Yeah. I want to know what happens. No, I agree. And again, I think this show. I was trying to look up numbers, like, 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 because it is like it is like number one on Apple every time it comes out. But like, I want to see if there's like concrete, like how many like millions of people are watching, and I couldn't find anything because I don't think Apple releases that. But this show is doing really well critically and with and and with fans, uh, and is being watched by a lot of people. So like, it'll get at least a second season. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm I think it's guaranteed. Uh, and because we have literally up to now four movies that we can lead up to, this show could really last a long time. And because you're not focusing on the monsters, the budget's relatively small compared to a monster Three movie. Movies. Three movies, thank you. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three yeah, movies. The fourth one's coming out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, by yeah. the time five, five movies in the monster movies total, two yeah. of them take place before the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're right. Yeah, but I was hopefully, like, what was the other one? Kong's going. And I and I echo what you know, like what you're saying, Ben, of, of like I I hope that I'm excited for the lessons that can be learned in the kaiju media media and like thought about from this show and from Godzilla minus one in a general sense. Yeah. But I also am hoping that just even specifically for the monsterverse, this can down the road create a sea change because Godzilla X Kong was in the bag before the show. Yeah. Like it, right. that was a that was a thing that was going to be settled. Like it's going to do, but anything past this can use this material and i really hope they mm -hmm. do i hope that the next movie wants to work with the material that's here to do something that connects and bridges i'm kind of in ryan's camp where frankly i would be down for a between uh this and uh king of the monsters film or a post king of the monsters film before gvk film yeah that wants to explore some of this stuff in a movie purpose yeah uh mm -hmm. and like bridge some gaps i'd be fine with jumping back in the timeline rather than just moving on past godzilla x kong absolutely yeah. now movie audiences might not and uh, you might not want to feed them in that way and that's fine if you want to just keep that train going but i hope that they pull some of the stuff from here and take some mm -hmm. lessons and like i don't i don't need this to be what the mcu is and everyone crosses over but like if like Lee Shaw showed up in in a in the future Godzilla movie, like that would make my that I would freak out, dude. That'd be incredible. Yeah, because like we do know that character, so it's so much easier for us to attach to that to be, character. To be honest with you, I think what would be even better is if like if, if for me the ideal path is is something that relates to like characters that we're working with now currently in a Godzilla X Kong post post whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you're following whoever those characters are going to be, however they're functioning. I want it to be monarch related, whatever. 
but we get flashbacks that are still involving Shaw, yes. Keiko, and Randa that are relevant. Absolutely. Like a new flashback that is relevant to this specific part of the story. That'd be sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they, oh, that's a really awesome idea. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited about like yeah. all the monster stuff we got going on right now. <laughs> One more thing I want to say real quick before we end the before we end our discussion today. Um, obviously, I want more seasons of Monarch. What I think I don't want, and this is just me going off on these episodes right up to here. I want more. I want more seasons. But if if slash when we do get season two, three, four, whatever, what I hope is that first season doesn't like the season two leads into King of the Monsters. And then yeah. season three is post King of the Monsters, and sure. but and, and and it's not like um it's not every season is directly after a certain film. It's you got because I think with the way that Monarch is billing it up now, it's a year after Godzilla twenty fourteen. Perfect. It deals with that, and then we can like slowly build up like another season builds up. You know, we find Ghidorah, we find Mothra, and then we build up to King of the Monsters, and then season three could be post king of the monsters you know destruction of boston destruction of that city in mexico where the oxen destroyer was used yeah i think that's a good roadmap and i hope that's what they do obviously i'm not in the writer's room for this and i really just hope that they keep this team and these showrunners and these showrunners know what they want or they have a good idea of what to go doing forward because this show is bringing something that i i don't know if godzilla sorely needs but it's one of those things where it's like huh I never thought that a show that revolves around one of the most famous cinematic monsters of all time can make me feel for human characters and also like take a step back and go, oh, these are dangerous. This is a world I'm glad I don't live in. I am super happy that these are fictional creatures because this devastation is real. The effects on the people are real. And... I mean, yes, the spectacle is amazing. Like the shot that you guys have for your background screen. I love that scene. I love that scene so much. Just Godzilla rising from the sand and like looking right at Kate is like, yay. But this show is giving me enough of the monsters. But also when I watch this, I'm not here for the monsters. I'm here for the humans. And uh, concerning Godzilla property, that's shouldn't happen. And again, it, <laughs> like, it, 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 it it's the old mantra, anything can be good. And like the yes, showrunners exactly. of the show being television showrunners and comic book writers. Like honestly, like Matt Fraction, like needs so much credit. Cause this is a dude who for the last 20 years has written like multi-year arcs of comics. He wrote my favorite Iron Man comic for like five years. And that's, you know, it's like he wrote, he wrote dozens of issues. So he is good at sequential storytelling over the over period of time. So like it, all it takes is having like a good creative team who understands story arcs and story structure. Mm-hmm. And we got, we got two great guys with Chris Black and Matt Fraction. Like it's like, yeah. we got a really good team on this, on the show. Like, <laughs> I know th- I, this is probably a, a bad poll, but to me, I love the show. I'm very nostalgic for the show. The last, my, the last really good Godzilla, or okay, good in the biggest air quotes and biggest grain of salt was the Godzilla series after 98. <laughs> I like that show a lot. Cause you know, once again, I was a kid and it was it gave me what that movie didn't give me, which was Monster Fight Monster and Godzilla actually having atomic breath, or that version of Godzilla having atomic breath. And every time I would watch that show, I don't care about the humans. I'm here for the monster fights. This one, I'm here for the humans. And if we do get a monster fight, that's a bonus. Yeah. Uh before Shin Shin Godzilla, my favorite mon- my favorite movie is Final Wars. 
And like that's got a bunch of stupid human shit. It also has like Russian men fighting uh, karate aliens on spaceships while Godzilla fights monsters. So good. That's all. That's my dream movie. That's what I want the monsters to turn into. Because like if we're getting, uh, uh, he's got a robot cast on. We're just one centimeter away from aliens popping down. Because again, gear like we can have our cake and eat it too. That's what great. That's what's great about Monarch. That's what's great about you know Godzilla versus Kong all that stuff. So like we are just getting serviced in so many different ways. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. You just got to do the, like, the full buildup of all of this uh, in the show, in the show over the next few years, uh, intermittent with all the movies that have come out, and then like one more movie past GXK that like gets Monarch finally on like the right track and everything. And it's like, cool, we're finally like a stable, we know what we're doing, functional yeah. space. Oh shit, what? Aliens? Yeah, I... <laughs> Like I, I, we've been going long, but like I, this is a lovely discussion. Like, like my end goal is aliens in space, Godzilla. Like, yo, we see you. We see what you got down there. What? Do, let me show you what we got. We got crystals in our Godzilla. We'd like uh, you to uh, this monster named Gigan. Yeah. Oh my God, get, oh, dude! If Gigan. I see a live action Gigan, I will lose my mind. That's one of the silliest designs. Monster vs. Gigan. Oh yeah. my God! Give him the razors so, and the. Oh, I would lose it. So we were talking about. So uh, Ryan was mentioning his favorite Godzilla movie. I think mine. It, it's a, a Heisei film, obviously. That's why I grew up on. Is the first one I watched was Godzilla Mothra Battle for Earth, which is where Batra is introduced. Sure. Um, I don't know why. I just love that film. Uh, but of course, my just like Brandon, my favorite Godzilla villain, the, or at least my favorite Godzilla villain design is Space Godzilla. He looks so Space Godzilla. Godzilla. Ooh, he's so sick. I played. He was he like my just, main character in the Godzilla uh, fighting games. Yeah, yeah. Space Godzilla is just really freaking rad to look at, and I, I know Ghidorah is like also cool because you know three headed dragon. What can, what else can he do? Because three headed dragons are all there's a lot of them in mythology, but it's like but Space Godzilla is like really freaking cool. Yeah, he's he's a cool guy. He feels like the uh, fun the final threat for me, but like who knows. Uh, for, yeah, for Brandon's birthday, I got him a, a blind bag of the these little nano, like tiny Legos of Godzilla, and I was really hoping I got him a space Godzilla, but apparently I got him Destroy, and Destroy looks really cool. Destroy, oh, Destroy is also a great design. I love that guy. Oh yeah, Destroy yeah. Is a design, I love yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah just, uh, real quick on on the next Godzilla Kong movie, this is definitely not the case. There is a fun prevailing theme, not prevailing. I've seen like one person talk about it. Um, that remember t- remember uh, Charles Charles Dance. Remember he's like uh, he's yeah, the yeah. bad guy. Yeah, yeah. People are thinking that he mutates into the giant Kong guy because he <laughs> because he's because the, the King Louis orangutan guy, he's bald. Like Charles Dance is bald like that. I'm like, that is so stupid. I hope they do it. And it's absolutely not the case. It's absolutely not. But I'm like, if that's the world that this movie is turning into, I'm like, oh, where's full on? Where's that? Where's here for fun? But he but. can show up in a future season of Monarch, though. Well, this is the thing, right? Is that like I would love bare, I, bare minimum for Monarch's future. Like I would, I really hope that they can get far enough. They can do some King of the Monsters lead up. Whether that's not with cast members from King of the Monsters, ideally with cast members from yeah. King of the Monsters. I just want anything that makes that movie like sing just a little bit better. Because if you can do some of the story and character work development in the show, yes, that's not on the screen in King of the Monsters. I'm gonna like that movie. More. It, it kind of, I mean, it's not directly into that, but like, it feels like there's already the branch and monarch, and like, it's just gonna get more radical as time goes by. So we can get Vera Farmiga and like her sect of people who are like, we're here, we want to kill Godzilla. I don't care. Yeah, uh, that's like, I totally, I see that path, and I feel like again, these are comic book and TV guys. Like, they also see that path because obviously they're clear Godzilla heads, like 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 most mm-hmm. of us are, and they know where the story goes. So like, they have ways to work up to. To what that's also can. the great thing again, like from like the MCU perspective, like they know the roadmap and here's, we got movies. Well, and here's the thing that 
King of the Monsters not being as strong on that story point, there is a plus side to it with Monarch now, which is that there is more room for them to play. It's yeah. not so rigid that they can't like really kind of bend a lot of the stuff that was already established in King of the Monsters. And certainly that's true of Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. So there's a lot of mm -hmm. room, even as the future is laid out in these movies that we already know are down the road of the future of the show. They're not so stuck on a path. Like there's a lot of flexibility, even within what those movies did because they didn't do it. That wasn't the focus. Yeah. And so because that wasn't the focus, Monarch can come in and kind of like really cement a lot of ideas around what was already there to make it better. Um, it can use mm -hmm. its framework and improve on it, which is really great. It's a really great advan advantageous place to be in for yeah. the show. I'm, I'm, I'm super hopeful. I'm loving it. Yeah, me too. I, I can't believe we're here. <laughs> again, like, again, like, I, I, we have not had a bad episode of this show. They've all been great. Uh, so I'm just like, and there's only four more episodes. Like, this show is a banger. Like, it's a straight up banger. Like, I don't see how. What, what is it? The past three years, like, the show that comes out right at the end of the year, like, always surprises us. It's Peacemaker. It's Andor. Yeah. It's Monarch. Like, yeah. what the hell? It's, it's, and they, like, uh, anything could be good and it's like like going in and you're just like man it's nice to have this feeling that like man people do care about art sometimes even when it's in genre fiction like you don't have to treat it like and, shit like you can respect it and not only that sparks shows that we think are not going to be very good when or shows that we question it's like why do we need this and all of a sudden it's like oh this is why you have proven me wrong sir yes i do need this show in my life peacemaker and or being examples one and two because yeah. when we heard that they were coming out we were like why who cares about this those characters too. and then yep. yeah monarch yeah and now it's like no these are like some of the best television shows we've ever seen yeah um, I just like, yeah, the creative team is so good. I, I am eagerly anticipating the second that the 10th episode airs, like season two is happening. Don't even have, you don't even worry about it. Um, mm -hmm. So like, uh, it's just, it's nice. We're almost talking to the show for two hours. It's so juicy. As you said earlier, this, this is a juicy, juicy show. Yeah. Juicy, yeah. juicy show. But other there's, than that, of, I, uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have anything else to say, but I'm just can't wait for episode seven and eight. Yep, same. Um, there's a lot of great questions on the board. There's a lot of places we can go. Um, it's just a really optimistic future. I think these episodes were another just like wonderful experience. Like I wouldn't say like every episode is a knockout experience, but like they're good experiences. Yeah, they're very good experiences, and yeah. I'm really, really enjoying. Yeah, them. and that's what I'm saying. Like I like the middle section of shows is generally like when the like when you feel the stretching happen, and it hasn't happened. So like the beginning of the show started like 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 rock hard. Rock hard was a weird. weird, weird, weird. <laughs> it started rock as hard as uh, Godzilla's dorsal fans. But then the, these last couple episodes are definitely going to be bangers no matter what because it's a finale. It's a finale era, right? So like we got so much character development. So like we just we, I feel that like we're going to be floating into a great finale. Uh, the next four mm -hmm. episodes, like it's great. It really it, you know like I don't want to get too overhyped about it but it, yeah. it doesn't feel like we can end up with a bad with a bad season yeah. of this show uh at this point like it's it, we're, we're well set on a good trajectory and like I, I could be wrong but like i i feel like there will be a giant monster brawl in some capacity at the end of the, end of the season whether it's only like a minute long but like i feel like we're slowly building no, i'm sure we're gonna get into one. something whether yeah, yeah, it is yeah. iron dragon or something else it's like, gonna be some kind of titan fight yeah and like 100%. that's and that's gonna look like the best thing we've ever seen on tv show it's crazy uh all right, that will, I think, do it 
for our Fake Nerds Watch on uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters episodes 5 and 6. Oh, yeah. We will be back two more times with Monarch. We'll be back for 7 and 8 and 9 and 10. Uh, other things you can look out for on the feed very soon. We're going to have our holiday special. It's just around the corner. It'll be later this week uh, on Christmas Eve. Ooh. You'll be getting our holiday special. Um, we've also got book club stuff in the pipeline. Um, there's a, just a little, little smidge more, I think, of... Um, the strike stuff, I think it's just the lower decks episode that still has to come out. Um, there's a couple of other things we've had in reserve that are basement arcade or basement arcade pause menu related, uh, that are still on dock to come out. Um, and we're, we're working on Scott Pilgrim. That's a lot of where our focus is right now. And a couple of other cinephiles expect a uh, Aquaman and lost kingdom. Mommy. Uh, a couple of other things, um, will, will be popping up before the end of the year. And then we'll see you in the new year, uh, for big top 15 review. Oh yeah. Um, Okay, so that'll do it, and we'll see you next time. Uh, you can follow on FakeNerdPodcast.com, check out everything that we're doing, check it out here on the YouTube channel, all the shows, uh, our podcasts, you can find out where all those are available. Again, go to FakeNerdPodcast.com, we're doing all kinds of stuff. It's all the audio, all the all the podcasters of choice, you know, Apple, Spotify, all those things. Uh, in, in a general sense, we're usually very proud of the conversations we have, we almost never feel like we waste our time. Um, so, really hope that you all enjoy our holiday special, all the stuff that's coming up. So, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. Uh, you can find Brandon at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. He also writes for Atomic Kingdom on occasion, so you can go check him out in all those places. Uh, unfortunately, wasn't able to carry on the conversation with us uh, tonight, but we will have him on for the next one, and it's going to be great because we are all uh, jamming with the show. He loves these episodes as well. Yep. Uh, and uh, Ben, where can people find you? Well, they can find me just absolutely just eating good as a Godzilla fan at Ben Magan 27, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and threads. They could also find me writing for a fusion gaming magazine, old school gamer magazine, go Nintendo.com and playing Mary Frankenstein on Dean dark. Right. You guys can find me. Um, Really hoping that that Charles Dance turns into a giant monkey through mutation uh, theory to be true. Would you, would you also accept brain swapping? Yes. hundred percent. And they had to scalp them to get the hair off to get the brain in. It's a tiny brain and a big body. But yes, 100% at DJ. Like, like it's a mind transfer or something. Oh, yeah. And it's like a big he monkey touched, in a chair. He touched, he touched a big dumb rock. The, yeah. Like a big dumb crystal. And now yeah. his brain's transferred. I will lose my mind if we see that monkey talk. <laughs> it's me. It's going to be the same like hushed moment from Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Like, did that monkey just... No! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's it, uh, watch. He's gonna be. He's gonna be looking down on Godzilla and Kong and go. The game is on. <laughs> oh my god. The game is on. Ooh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh no. Um, and you can you can find me uh, just trying to help Godzilla at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. Uh, all right, that'll do it. And until next time, stay fake nerds. <laughs>